In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. It's May when I'm recording this, which means many different things. For us, it means cramming our school and spring activities into, I think, three weeks. It seems like the entire year has been crammed into three weeks and trying to navigate a really crazy schedule lately. But it also means like pulling out the camping gear and putting the final touches on our summer travel plans. It means more hours outside and budding blooms and pollen everywhere. But uh, And it also means like bugs are emerging. You know, all of the joys of May are coming to fruition. And for this year, it also means that I'm publishing my first book. I'm really excited next week on May 17th, Beyond Normal, a field guide to embrace adventure, explore the wilderness, and design an extraordinary life with kids launches into the universe. I thought I'd just kind of use this episode to walk through a little bit of like how I got here, how what's the backstory behind the book, and share a little bit about what to expect from the book. So I'll share, you know, it's it's kind of fun because I'm a less than a week away from publishing, and I will still say there's still plenty to do. But it, it's been fun to see other people's interpretation of the book through advanced reader teams, through my publishing assistant, through the editors, you know, there's a lot of people that have now had some interaction with the content. And through all of that, this book description was written, and I love it. So I'm just going to read it to you. With big trips and everyday joys, a life of adventure awaits you. Whether you enjoy traveling or staying close to home, you'll love this book. Soak up everyday adventures, exploring new places, trying new experiences, finding fun in everything, and making play more prevalent than screens. You do not need to go back to normal. Beyond Normal is a field guide to help your family navigate the adventurous life filled with authentic experiences. Through this guide, you will find ways to assess your risk, tolerance, stretch beyond your comfort zone, and find community. Venture forth. I was so excited when I got this book description because, of course, I didn't write it, you know. So it's someone who, like, takes your book and looks at all the content and really consolidates it down into this description. And I, I absolutely love it. And I wanted to just go through, like, how did I get here? So to start, I'll read you my little author bio, too, because this is, you know, how I start every show. Heidi Dusick is an adventurous working mom. She helps families connect through simple and authentic adventures on her podcast, Ordinary Sherpa, through her Instagram feed, and with speaking and community building events. And I was like, well, that's, that's a good intro into who I am. If you aren't familiar with Heidi Dusick, the author, oh. Yes, the author. That's a new frame of reference. Um, I wanted to like just give some fun voice to this. But in all seriousness, I want to take you behind the scenes. I want to walk you through the development of this book from idea to publication and the addition of being an author to, you know, adding that to my identity. It really began about a year ago. Actually, around this time, a friend of mine had posted on social media. If you were to write a book, what would the title be and what would it be about? 
I whimsically put out a couple of titles and descriptions. I don't even remember what the title was, but the description was something like create everyday adventures and live life on purpose. And again, I just kind of put it out there, right? Well, the amazing thing that happened was a couple of people said, Heidi, you need to write this book. Please write this book. And so that began the story of how this book came to life. I had a concept of what I thought I wanted to write about. But I struggled with how to begin, what to actually include. You know, I I always like to say, like, I'm just an ordinary mom. And I know a lot of people like to say, no, you are not just an ordinary mom. I still see myself as just an ordinary mom. I didn't really have good context behind what would people want to read about? What about my life would be interesting? And is it even about my life? You know, I think the concept of adventure parenting or parenting adventurous kids was the theme that I really wanted to dig into, but I didn't really know what to write about. So the way I went about this was through a series of requests in the Ordinary Sherpa Facebook group, through individuals who participated in my Everyday Adventure Challenge, and even individuals who would buy me a cup of coffee. These were opportunities for me to really dig in and like document what are their questions? What do they want to know from me? What are the themes of our conversations? And, and this is open to everybody, by the way. So feel free if you're in the Ordinary Sherpa Facebook group and you have a question, I use those. I use those all the time to create content. Or if you buy me a cup of coffee, it gives me an opportunity for you and I to have a one-on-one interaction where you can ask me questions or I can offer some resources. And even in my new community, which is still in beta mode, it's not available, but you can join the waitlist, is you know we have a lot of themes that are based on what people's questions are. So just last night, we ran one on how to work remote while traveling with kids. You know, like that's that's a topic, that's a theme. That those are the ways I interact and build content. So I did the same for my for my book is I met with people. I really tried to understand the like what were the challenges they were faced with in terms of being an adventurous parent or being a parent of an adventurous kid. And I came up with 12 different reasons that people aren't adventuring with kids. And those are they think it costs a lot of money to adventure. They don't have enough time. Their perceptions of success or like their constraints around work, like there's something about work or their mindset around success that feels like adventure is not accessible to them. Similar to that, I think mindset of like, what is adventure or this feeling that I'm not adventurous, I'm not outdoorsy, I live in a city, I can't adventure here. Those were some of the mindset things I was hearing. There's also an overall theme of fear. You know, adventure is risky. I'm a parent. I need to be stable. I need to be safe. I need to keep my kids safe. I think that was an overall theme as well. There's certainly some discomfort with uncertainty. You know, kids who adventure make parents nervous. There's this level of, again, risk that are hard to wrap your hands around or what, how do you, like, what's enough risk, I think was a question. There was also this feeling of joy. And when you have those experiences, it's usually immediately followed by guilt or by fear. You know, that whatever led to this joy, like, oh, I don't deserve this joy, or I'm so afraid I'm going to lose this joy because, you know, what if it falls apart? And, And that whole like mantra of joy is just like a temporary thing definitely was a thing that I heard or felt throughout some of our conversations. There's also this narrative or the society norm that when you settle down, you have to choose. Like you can no longer be adventurous and be a a responsible parent. You have to choose which one you're going to be. So that narrative was something I wanted to address. 
working against, and somewhat related to that, working against marketing and media. So this concept of like, I'm not a travel influencer or I'm, you know, there's these big brands kind of selling you stuff all the time. And how do you combat that and just create simple everyday adventures without feeling like I need all the things or I need to be doing this right? So there's definitely that like media or marketing messaging that comes back to societal norms as well. The activities that we engage in uh, that we might think of as adventurous, you know, our kids may all have different ideas of what adventure looks like. They may have different interests. So it ends up sending us in different directions. Or you may have subscribed to a life where you're already in a million different directions. Like how do we hone it in and get back together? You know, we may be at sports and work and involved in music or, you know, all these different things that can pull us apart. How do we work against that and pull ourselves back together as a family? Uh, some parents just needed ideas of like what to do, I that they don't know how to do it themselves or they're just not comfortable being the leader of this adventurous lifestyle. You know, if, especially if you go back to that limiting belief around I'm not adventurous or I'm not outdoorsy, how would I ever engage my kids outside if I'm not that person? It feels hypocritical. So this concept of how do I lead or offer to lead activities or offer activities that I'm not good at. And then I think one every parent can relate to is that they're just tired. Parents are tired, exhausted, overwhelmed with just life in general. In some ways, this feels like one more thing or adventure just feels so hard. Like getting out the door just seems like so much work. How do I make it less work or how do I make space for more adventure so it doesn't feel like more work? So these are kind of the key themes. And I took all of these, I think there's 12 of them here, and I explored what else is in this genre? What else already exists that supports parents to answer some of these questions? And I'll be honest, I found a lot, much like when I started this podcast or when I started doing this work in general, I found a lot related to family travel, which probably didn't exist 10 years ago when I became a parent. So that was really encouraging. I'm starting to see more and more content around traveling with kids. And I saw a lot of adventurous lifestyle or lifestyle design type things, but not necessarily adventurous lifestyle with kids. Whenever I found something, I bought it. I bought it. I checked it out. I read it. I devoured it. I tried to see like, what were the categories? What were the key themes? What were the reviews? It just helped me do some market research on what is already existing within this genre and how might I fill the space or what is missing that I can offer value to readers or to others in the space. The entire time I was doing this research, I then sat down and just started writing. I would write down just thoughts or key ideas or when I would, you know, read a story, I'm, I wrote all over these books. That's why I had to buy them most of the time because I wrote all over them, meaning like, oh, this is an interesting concept or this is a quote that I really want to take out. And I would take little post-it notes or I would use a highlighter. And those were just things I would think about. How do I want this to show up with my writers? Do I relate to this content? What about this is sticking out for me and why? Or how does this relate to my own experience? So at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of simultaneously writing and reading and keeping notes of all of the things. It's really easy to feel like you have to have the writing figured out and the content figured out. I did not. <laughs> I had organized key themes into the three different parts. I actually, I'll highlight kind of where I went with this book. I organized all of those concepts from both the reading and those key challenges that I identified earlier 
into three parts. The first part was on living deeply. And so I took all of the questions related to how do I focus on an adventurous mindset? What are the foundations of adventure? What are the important parts that offer adventure as a value proposition for a fulfilling life? Like that was kind of part one, which was living deeply. Part two then became exploring bravely. This started to pull at all the limiting beliefs or perceptions around safe and stable lifestyle into question. It, you know, things like work and success, joy, all of those things. Like, how do I incorporate that? This is where I really began to say, oh, I need to share research. I wanted to walk through exercises as a guide to work through the process, not just share my own stories. There's a lot of my own personal narratives in this, as well as, you know, things we've worked to to offer that context in the book. And part three was play wildly. These are all the actionable steps, examples of how to make adventure easy, simple, accessible. It was my belief that if we can build a life where everyday adventures create the foundation for a thriving life, we can choose to travel to new places, see new people, but we have the foundation of adventure built into our ethos. So we're not continually needing to escape in vacation mode or spend significant amounts of money to have these experiences. It was a way for me to feel like that was really foundational to my core message. I will be really honest, this is not necessarily a book about travel per se, although, you know, travel is very influential in my story. It's not about family travel at all, really. (laughs) There's some stories of family travel, but it is not necessarily about family travel. Part of the writing process was simply creating the practice. How could I engage in this? Because I knew it took roughly, so I had heard that it takes roughly 40 to 60,000 words for a standard nonfiction business book. And that was just like a frame of reference for me. I'm like, okay, so what is 40,000 words? How do I get there? Having that context of 40,000 words as maybe a benchmark that I was working towards, I turned on the word count as like motivation throughout the journey to see how did I do today? I would sit down and regularly write and then I would look at those word counts and be like, oh my gosh, I hit a milestone today. And I might share it on my Instagram stories or I'd have like a mini party of one just to like celebrate each step of the process. Part of writing this book was an adventure for me. And that's how I wanted to view it. I wanted it to be something that I could be curious about, to learn about, to give myself grace in the process and not feel like I was hitting someone else's measure of success. It was just, again, out of curiosity and encouragement to say like, okay, maybe I should write a book. I found that my style in writing a book is I'm not one who enjoys just reading other people's stories. While I I actually really struggle with fictional books because I sometimes want to know, like, what am I learning from this? What am I gaining? What's the data behind this? You know, so I can sometimes pull that from the stories and make my own meaning out of it. But I, per se, enjoy data. I like a little bit of research that validates or gives context to the experience. So It's just part of who I am. I'll just like own it. I wanted to have something in here in the book that did offer some research. You know, I had known things throughout my journey, but I didn't always know why I knew things around my journey. So I wanted to also lean into that. And I would take those when I had those questions or like, what's the science behind this? I would simply put in parentheses, like, here's a thought that I want to come back to. So I didn't have to have it all figured out and I didn't want to go down the rabbit hole. I didn't want to lose the momentum in my writing process. So I would put in parentheses something that, you know, a question, a thought, something I want to look into so it wouldn't derail my progress. And I just want to give a couple of examples. 
I know that there was neuroscience data behind the power of pause, you know, that there was value to creating space in your life. And I wanted to dig deeper into what was the source or what was relevant to that topic that led to us living a more adventurous life? What was the context that I could offer? So that was just like a parenthesis, like look into neuroscience research. I also knew there was child development data around risky play. I knew that there was a conditioning process that dampened our curiosity as kids. So these were just concepts that I wanted to make sure I came back to these topics, but not getting lost in the research while I was writing. And that's where, you know, writing your first draft is ugly. It is ugly. (laughs) There's nothing about it that you want to share. So I just gave myself permission, like, I'm going to be my first editor and my second editor, and I'm going to hone in. And I will say I am my worst critic. So I knew that going into this process that I was going to be very critical of my second draft. And it offered me, though, the flexibility to just write without feeling like I had to have things figured out. I proofread my manuscript several times before it went to the editor. And there's a point when you just get sick of listening to yourself or like reading your own writing. So when I sent it to the editor, I was kind of done with it for a while and I needed a break. I was actually quite burnt out and I just needed a break anyway. There was a lot of stuff happening in life. So after it was returned to me, I actually didn't look at it for a couple of months. And it gave me, I think that was really helpful for me because it gave me space to come back to it with fresh eyes. I didn't necessarily need to have it done by a certain time. You know, I think the power of self-publishing is you have the flexibility to just define your own timeline and your own schedule. So for me, that gave me grace. As many of you know, there was a lot of things that happened in December and January that really derailed my attention anyway. So coming back to a manuscript that I wasn't fully ingrained in or that I wasn't fully passionate about at the time, I don't think would have been a service to you as readers. That space then did put a little pressure on me because now it's like the end of January and I really needed to dive in. And I spent a couple of weekends just binge editing. And thankfully, my husband took the kids for three to four hours at a time. And I just kind of binged my way through the entire book. And it helped me fall back in love with the content that I I realized like, no, this is good. I actually am enjoying this story. I think I would want to read this story. And that made me really appreciate like what is missing, though? What what did I forget about or what do I think isn't clear before I share it with my advanced reader team? Because I wanted it to be perfect. And this is where perfectionist tendencies came in. So I really had garnered throughout this process, you know, I had been sharing about my journey on Instagram, where I'd been telling people that I'm writing a book. And once I went to the editor, I was like, okay, I'm writing a book, because now I've invested money into the manuscript and getting it out into the world. So once it went to editor, I was like more public about it. And now people were asking. And, and when they would ask, I would feel this sense of like, responsibility. Like now I need to get this out into the world because people are asking about it and encouraging me. So I wanted it to be really good. And I had several people say like, hey, I signed up for your advanced reader team, but I haven't heard anything. And I was like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I needed to get over the perfectionism and just get it out into the world. So I had roughly... I think I had like 40 advanced readers that were willing to read it, that were willing to give insights. And I offered that I think mid-March I sent out things to the advanced reader team to just preview everything and I said you know here's the things I want you to look for is this in my voice I had specific questions that I was asking them for are there key quotes that really stand out what are your key takeaways what doesn't make sense is there too much information not enough information all of those things were really helpful for me and all of that came back to me in early 
I think mid-March. And I poured myself into that feedback. Every comment, every question, everything that wasn't clear, every key takeaway, I really poured myself into the process because I saw each of those feedback items as little detailed gifts of opportunities that if I could make this clear or if I could expound upon an idea that was resonating with them, it would be even more valuable. So I took two weeks. I sifted through all the comments, the edits and the questions and really refined my core message. And then it got to like just get to the finish line now, right? So I had my manuscript edited, it had been previewed, it had been re-edited, and I probably could have sent it for a final proofreading, but actually that came in in this next phase. I had a what I'll call a publishing team, even though they weren't necessarily publishers. <laughs> I had a designer and a publication assistant who were going to proofread and do the final internal formatting and external, like the cover design formatting and things of that nature. And then I had my own like, okay, this is what needs to happen in order to get to the finish line. And each of those things just felt like mini hurdles to get over. But it was really a mindset. Like if I sit down and do one thing today, okay, so I'm just going to give you about mid-March, actually early April, this was my list. And there's still some things on this list as of today that are not done. So just so you know, like you don't have to have everything done in a prescribed timeline. It's still developing. But my list of like to do's once the manuscript was written was to finalize the title, to get a cover designed, to write the back description of the book, to determine which Amazon categories to publish under, to reach out for endorsements, to write my own acknowledgements page, like how did I get here and who did I want to thank for this, to complete the internal formatting, to get an assigned ISBN number, to design the graphics for the inside of the book to set up Amazon KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing. That's like the self-publishing system that you use to create a sales page on my website, to establish a book marketing plan, and to write an Amazon book review tutorial. So these are just things like tasks that when you talk about like getting to published, these are the behind the scenes things of, I wouldn't say it's like the fun stuff. It's the operations behind it. So after another round of scrubbing, I sent the manuscript and some detailed market research to my designer and publishing assistant. And in full transparency, the book releases in six days. And a few items on that list are still not crossed off. This entire process has just felt like a daring new adventure. And I don't necessarily have all of the answers. I'm still learning. I would never call myself an expert, but I will call myself an author. I didn't really dream of having this vision of being a published author, but it's given me this opportunity to step into a space that I didn't necessarily know was an opportunity for myself. And now I'm really embracing it. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the process. I'm giving myself permission to just update things as I need to. It doesn't have to be my best work of art that I'm doing everything that I can. And this is the best that I have right now. You know, this is the season of life I'm in. And that mindset has been really forgiving for me to embrace it and say, you know what, I'm offering my audience the best that I have. You can't ask for more than that. And if it doesn't resonate, it's a $15 investment that you may have had or several hours of reading. So it still is a low ROI for my readers. And I'm hoping they find value. But the, the upside is, is that if my readers find value from this, this could potentially change the trajectory of their lives. And so I, I've, you know, recognized that I'm somewhere in the middle of that, that not everyone is going to love my content, but those that do may find great value and it could potentially like change their lives. And it's making it easier. It's consolidating years worth of experience into a weekend read. So it's given me a lot of 
grace, I think, just to really embrace that it doesn't have to be perfect. And know that, you know, if you're someone that's interested in the book, I gave it all, right? (laughs) I put it all in there. I didn't necessarily hold back. I really wanted this to be a valuable read for you. So I just want to end this episode just by sharing some of the feedback I have had from advanced readers and some of the endorsements I've received, because I think it will give you insight into like, what can you expect? from the book if, if you are someone that's interested in it. And we're going to keep talking about it on the podcast, you know, some lessons that came from the book, but also the lessons within the book and the stories within the book are going to continue to spill out over the next, oh gosh, years probably. <laughs> you know, I feel like now my life is a book and I need to keep writing. The first written review is from Tracy Philippi, and I apologize, Tracy, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Her review states, I love that you offer a glimpse of an alternative and adventurous parenting path. I think this concept is missing from many of the books I've read about nature parenting, minimalist parenting, and Scandinavian parenting philosophies. So many of our peers lose themselves when they become parents, and your book really shows how rich life can indeed be. Your concept of a window closing also really resonated with me. So that's feedback from Tracy. I really appreciate that. She's been an amazing advanced reader, and I'm so appreciative for the time and energy she gave towards reading the book. The second review comes from Perry Gabbard which states, great content and experiential examples from your personal life. As you told your story, I got pulled into the big moments you share with your readers. You are an overcomer. You've used the trials and triumphs of your life at each stage to really build upon, add to the qualities that make you no ordinary Sherpa. (laughs) And I kind of chuckle with that. Thank you. That's Perry Gabbard. And I know he's had some really adventurous experiences. So it's such an honor sometimes when you see some people who have had these really rich, adventurous lives to come back and share that they found value from your story. The third is an endorsement from Bad Barrett, who is the co-host and co-founder of Choose FI Podcast. And he writes, it's so easy to get bogged down into the day-to-day grind of life with kids and you lose sight of what it feels like to be adventurous and genuinely have fun. Heidi Dusick's wonderful guide on designing an extraordinary life does the remarkable. It brings this life within reach and gives you practical ways to guide a little more fun and adventure into your family's life. I am really honored to have received this endorsement from Brad and it kind of gives me merit to say, you know, some of the things have always seemed very simple for me, but it's not simple for everyone and it's easy to lose sight of the little things that matter. And finally, The last endorsement is from Lori Oswald. She is the CEO of IntaraWorks and founder of the Best Year Yet Foundation. And she writes through vulnerability, insightful questions, and actionable steps. Heidi shares practical wisdom to generate adventure and joy for your family and most of all for you. With clarity, honesty, and humor, she brings the reader so many gifts at once using stories from her life and learnings by experience. You won't wonder how to integrate many unwrapped lessons into your own life, but rather enthusiastically try to figure out how many you might take on. And best of all, the path will be uniquely yours as it was for her and fueled with intention and courage. A must read for anyone looking for permission to thrive and a foundational guide to getting there. Ah! (laughs) Do you ever have those moments where you're like, oh, I'm blushing? These have been such gifts when I hear from my audience or from readers that they're finding value from the content. I have always said this, you know, that one of the highlights of my day is getting a written review on the podcast. And I think that's true now more than ever with the podcast as well, because y'all know I'm recording this in my closet by myself, right? You know, so it's not as always an immersive, interactive experience. And getting your reviews is just gives validation, I guess, to the fact that this is meaningful to you. 
So you can support the book in multiple ways. You can purchase it. You can download the free ebook. So the ebook will be free for a limited period of time. The book launches on Tuesday, May 17th. The other thing you can do is request a copy of the book Beyond Normal for your local library. And all of this is going to be in the detailed show notes on my website. So if you're in the podcast player that you're currently in looking at the show notes, just know I'm going to put all that detailed stuff in the website so that you can follow it and it's a little bit more easy to find later on. I do have five key takeaways from this episode. Number one, writing a book is a shared experience that was shaped through many interactions with listeners, followers, and friends. Number two, the content of the book was based on questions from the Ordinary Sherpa community. I strongly encourage you to reach out to me or any others in the community to ask the questions or face the challenges you have in the world of family adventures. While I may not be the expert, I've been fortunate to have many Sherpas in this community that have insights to share. Number three, while the content of the book will likely support anyone seeking an adventurous lifestyle, I wanted to give special voice to parents who might be struggling with the narratives of parenting and exploring how to be adventurous with kids. Number four, the energy flow from jubilation to burnout was experienced throughout writing the book. Part of the benefit of self-publishing my first book was that I could establish my own timeline and be curious about the process. Number five, Authors share years of experience for a value price of $15. The book culminates many key takeaways from this podcast, lessons from the Everyday Adventure Challenge, and many other experiences into one easy-to-digest location. While you probably could find this content by scouring the internet or binging every episode, the book is nicely compiled all into one place. The ROI of your time for someone who's interested in an adventurous lifestyle might be worth the investment. Thank you so much for joining me this week and every week in really understanding how we can adventure better as a family or how might we be inspired to do a little bit more adventurous things, things outside of our comfort zone and explore the possibility of what awaits us. I am honored to have you here each week. I hope you find this episode helpful. I encourage you to purchase the book or download the book or request the book through your local library. Until next week, keep on adventuring. value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.